welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host. You know, I had... Okay, there we go. I had all this energy and it went away. Yeah, because like you didn't have energy and then you had energy and it was there for like 10 minutes. Yeah, now the energy's gone. Yeah, exactly. Uh... Mark Salcedo, senior editor and writer at ScreenKey.net. Um, if this is how you're going to record, I know, right? you should not record. <laughs> no, no, no. <clears throat> no, we're good. We're good. We're super. You're like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of... <laughs> like that one guy? Which guy? Um, a Haunting in Venice. Oh, the, sli- the sleepy, sleepy makes sleep sleep? Yeah. Snoring the whole movie. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I I would I thought that maybe a couple of times they would at least wake up, but no, I, th- I think they slept through the whole movie. Some people go to the movies just to do that. I've heard I've heard rumors of those people. Mm-hmm. How do they sleep in the theater? <laughs> well, you should do it. You should try it. I've only fallen asleep once. I've fallen asleep, but I didn't stay asleep. Oh, okay. Anyways, you should try it. You should <laughs> it's go, like you were thinking about it. You should go to sleep in the movies. I can't do it. You know what everyone who goes to sleep in the movies would say? What? Like it or not, you're a part of us now. Uh, the, the sleeping in the theater community? Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't discriminate. <laughs> Don't discriminate. Take a nap. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's and Real. Uh, TikTok is Real Appeal. That one's not as cool. The TikTok? The name for the TikTok. Everyone else is The Real Appeal, and this one is like Real Appeal. <laughs> like, not The Real Appeal, it's Real Appeal. Yeah. I mean, if you have a problem with it, you should have created the TikTok yourself. No. You got it. Um, you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. If you could please review us on any podcast catcher where you listen to us, we would love it. Um, <laughs> oh, that was my chair. Sorry. Yeah, I know it was, but it that sounded was my like chair. a fart. I know, that was my chair. That was my chair. That was my chair. <laughs> um, our segments for the show this week. Our recent review of The Creator, Variety Time, our experience at Beyond Fest so far. Geriatric Cinematic, Ghost in the Shell, 1996. Mark. Oh, God, I'm glad I corrected that. What? Because on the top it says 1995, but yeah, it's 96. Okay. Mark. What? What's the terpic? Do androids dream of electric sheep? Soul. Electric soul. (laughs) Wait, let's try it again. Take two. All right. Do androids dream of electric soul? Uh Uh-huh. I don't think that was convincing enough. Take three. All right. <clears throat> Do androids dream of electric soul? There you go. <laughs> That's going to be the entire episode. Right. <laughs> Take eight. Take 23. No, let's, let's start over with that review. Let's, let's talk it over again with, about the creator. <laughs> with more gusto. More, <laughs> more <seriously>. gusto. <laughs> um, so uh, I have an announcement to make for our listeners. Um, Kelsey and I have discovered... A new word I can't say. <laughs> um, it's not a word in English. It's in Spanish. 
uh, and is the word well you said there's two words for purple right mm-hmm. okay what's what is the the other word what is the other word morado morado, morado. it's like morado oh. morado morado mm-hmm. something like that okay so I can do that kind mm-hmm. of I kind of morado mm-hmm. yeah and what's the other <laughs> what's the other one purpura okay so I can't say that <laughs> Whatever I say, it's a cross between a pigeon <laughs> or an Uzi going off or just rolling my R's till they fall off. <laughs> Until you have a stroke. Until I have a stroke. Okay, how do you say it? Purpura. Purpura. <laughs> pur, pur, pur. <laughs> I just couldn't get past the pur part. <laughs> my brain was like, stop it. Purpura. Is that it? It's pretty close. Okay. Poopra. It's not like you can poop it out. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're not going to spend the entire time talking about No, you got that two, two times. Two more times. Two more times. All right. Two more tries. After that, we'll, we'll hop into our review. Okay. You want a refresher? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, all right. Go say it. What is it? Okay. How do you say it? Purpura. One more time. Purpura. All right. One more time. Purpura. Okay. Poop. Purpura. <laughs> All right. I feel it. The one? I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Okay. Purpura. Is that yes. It? yes! Woo! <laughs> it only took you eight million tries. I, I get it once in a while after like trying it like 12 times. I'm like, All right, I got it there. And then you'll you won't be able to do it again. Can you picture me like trying to say that in a in a, in a sentence in Spanish? Like I can't even. Da, da. You couldn't even do a full sentence in Spanish. I couldn't. Holy <laughs> shit! I suck at Spanish. That's why I got an F in in Spanish in high school. Seriously, I suck at <laughs> foreign languages. I suck at just saying words. Period. Sometimes. Mm. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I know I need help. <laughs> no, it's a part of you. Part of me, yeah. Part of my drug use so over those years. I don't think it's that. And alcoholism. No. Because okay. some of the issues you have, Leah has. Oh, with her speech impediment. Mm-hmm. Not just her speech impediment, but her like how she forms sentences. Oh, okay. I think it's honestly, I think it's hereditary because my mom she said that she used to have a speech impediment. I can't remember what word she couldn't say. No, I can't remember like how bad it was, but she said it was it was obvious, but she like grew out of it. And um, that's, but I bet like, you she can say chartreuse. Chartreuse. That's how you say that, right? No, you said chartreuse. How do you say it again? Chartreuse. Chartreuse. Hey, you there, said it. it. What about? Char- okay. Chartreuse. No. Depth. Depth perception. I said it. No. Damn. There's a T-H after the P. Depth. Depth perception. <laughs> you say the T and not the H. Depth uh, perception. No, that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Depth. Depth. <laughs> okay, okay. We're making fun of Mark too much. I know. Okay, let's 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 do our thing. Let's be real. Let's be real pills. Do it. <laughs> Didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> now we're gonna do our recent review of The Creator. Ten years ago today, the artificial intelligence created to protect us detonated a nuclear warhead in Los Angeles. This is a fight for our very existence. Sergeant Taylor, we are this close to winning the war. 
the AI are developing a super weapon. Retrieve it. Or they win. The synopsis is against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with artificial artificial intelligence. No, now who can't say words. Honestly, today it's been a problem. Okay. Uh, a former soldier finds a secret weapon, a robot in the form of a young child. Kind of sounds like I've been having strokes sometimes today. <laughs> Directed by Gareth Edwards, written by Chris Weitz and Gareth Edwards. It stars John David Washington, Madeline Yuna Voiles, Gemma Chan, Allison Janney, and Ken Watanabe. I knew that's who it was. Watanabe. I'm sorry, yes, Watanabe. It's you know Allison Janney. Uh, I was like, she's the girl that played the mother in I Tonya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a she's a really good actress. She is. She's, she's amazing. A good actor. Yeah. Uh, all right, Kelsey. Uh, overall thoughts on the creator? It had a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Some of the acting was great. Some mm-hmm. of it was middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Some of it was kind of bad. Okay. Um. And uh, it looked pretty good for the most part. Mm. And um, honestly, I don't find it that special. It's okay. Really? It's okay. It's okay. It's not like an A movie, but okay, that's I would place it like a solid B. Okay. Um, well, my my thoughts on the movie is it, like to me, it looks it looks great. It looks phenomenal. I, and I guess I'm just so stuck on that because. Um, it's like an eighty million dollar budget. It's like how they're able to make make it look this good when uh, Warner Brothers The Flash looked like hot garbage, mm-hmm. and that's like a three hundred million dollar, three hundred fifty million dollar movie. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that so it definitely gets brownie points for me when it comes to like that. And some of the action is really good. Um, the acting, it, to me, it's all right at best. Um, the one of the things that annoyed me the most was uh, John David Washington's performance at the first act, um, kind of going into the second act, where he kept like asking where his wife was. So he kept saying Maya every like five minutes. That has to do with his acting and not the writing and direction. Um, I would say primarily had to do that because there's a difference when you're like, "Where's my wife?" But the way he's he's almost like running around like screaming at the top of his head, like like a chicken. With like a chicken without a without a head. I think he needs to learn how to. I don't think he has the experience of his father yet. Oh no, absolutely not. No. I don't he, think he's, he's going to be bad. I think he'll be a good actor, but I feel like he has some trouble. Mm-hmm. First of all, he's not choosing very wisely some of these films. Yeah, yeah. They're like big names or whatever, or they have like really great concepts, but they lack execution. Mm-hmm. Um. So he thinks he's choosing gold, but he's like choosing bronze. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd like I think if his dad was in the role, his dad would know how to sell it. Oh, even yeah, if absolutely. it's bad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's like, and that's the thing. Like he's not a bad actor. He's just not great at the moment. Yeah, like he, um, you know, he like came out of the, he came out of the scene with like Black Klansman, which I remember you and I saw. You and I both loved that movie. Um, and then I don't know. It feels like it feels like the fame's kind of got into his head because he's not really choosing well enough roles. Mm-hmm. Like okay, like for example, he did Tenet. Okay, mm-hmm. and of course, anybody who gets asked for Christopher Nolan to be in his movie, they'll be like, "Fuck yeah, it's Christopher Nolan." You know, mm-hmm. his performance is like all right. Um, 
I think his performance of Malcolm Marie is good, but I, I think that's the chemistry between him and Zendaya. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the writing was really good as well. But it's weird. He's doing this weird thing like Beckett was a bad movie. Amsterdam is like poo-poo as well. Mm-hmm. And there's another one where the movie has a great concept, but like he's like it seems like he's getting lazy with mm-hmm. his acting. Yep. It does seem like he's getting lazy. Um, anybody else in the in the performance category that you thought was like, you know, because you were saying you were like it was good, it's all right, it's like meh. Well, my thing is not it's not so much if people are good or bad, mm-hmm. more about the different scenes where I thought that they had a good emotional beat. Yeah. So the acting had to be good or hit the right notes, mm-hmm. and so there were a few scenes of that for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I don't think anyone other than Madeline Univoyles was any good. Like, mm. any, like, no, not notable except for her. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, you know my take on child actors and stuff like that. You either mm-hmm. gotta, like, sell the role or you just, like, fucking You suck. know, you keep saying that, but I feel like lately, more often than not, uh-huh. the kids are hitting the fucking mark. Because they're... They're good. They're doing good shit. You know, like this one, like Voyles, like she did a she did a really good performance um, as like this child. It it actually kind of reminded me of uh, kids in anime, mm-hmm. where they have this very like idea of like wonder and like exploration in their head, like mm-hmm. oh what's this and everything, and a love of innocence. But they're seen as like the ultimate threat mm-hmm. in in some form or fashion. She looks like she could play in Ponyo. Oh, she could. They ever did like a live action version of that? She has like these bright, wide eyes, like, mm-hmm. um, like just she's like the epitome of innocence, mm-hmm. and so they cast it really well for that role. You hear something funny? Hmm. For about half of the movie, I thought that was a boy. Me too. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I'm the only one. It wasn't until they said she. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess because it's like the haircut and everything. Yeah. And, you know, and it's a kid. Like even what. And they don't have um, pink or blue or any way to really no dresses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's where you're kind of like, kind of like ambiguous or like, oh, okay, it's it's a boy, mm-hmm. but obviously it's a girl. So I was like, okay. I mean, that didn't take anything away from me. I was like, oh, it's a girl. <laughs> well, you just said ever. it. Yeah, but it's a girl. So I was like. Okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I would, if it was a boy, it'd be a master class in, in acting. <laughs> uh, so you were saying about the action, right? Mm-hmm. What was about the action that uh, you liked? Honestly, anytime they were running away from the fucking missiles was amazing to me. Emotionally. Mm-hmm. Because that fucking thing, I forgot the name of it. Mm-hmm. That ship that was in the sky, that was like... Oh, Nomad? Yeah, Nomad mm-hmm. is intimidating. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, like, step on what you're going to say. It's really intimidating because um, like it's like that whole thing, like, oh, fuck, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And it, it does this barcode scanning thing when it's just triangulating where to, like, drop uh, its next missile. <laughs> that part is scary. He said barcode scan. I'm, it, I'm, it looks like one, like I'm RF pretty, scanner. I'm pretty sure it's not scanning. <laughs> It's like shit. <laughs> Sometimes it did look like that. Oh, like it didn't know, like it wasn't, it like, wasn't scanning. Like yeah, the barcode was like scratched off or something like that. <laughs> that's how you defeat Nomad. Just scratch off the the barcode. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> um, but so anytime it was that, um, there was some hand to hand combat, but I felt like that mm. was okay. 
Yeah, I mean, the, to me, like, I thought I, I did think some of the action was pretty badass, especially like the design of of like the suits and stuff like that, like the exoskeletons and shit like that. I thought that was actually really good. Like, I'm trying to think in one scene. It's kind of like I'm really trying to think about it because I saw it. I saw it like a week before Kelsey did. Um, like one scene in particular was uh, oh, like at the beginning the beginning kind of like gun battle on the beach and stuff like that mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me like the bombing of like Normandy or some shit like that I mean not that grass scale but it just kind of reminded me of it um for some reason I was picturing I was, I was expect, half expecting someone to have like a samurai sword <laughs> it does kind of look like that uh-huh. um I do kind of think it's weird how they set everything up though how do you mean like it's supposed to be futuristic, but they have these cars that look like they're from the 80s, mm-hmm. but they have, like, tech in them that makes them, like, more futuristic. Mm-hmm. So, so it was, like, this weird clashing of, like, millennia. Uh-huh. Um, I actually like that. It, it reminded me of, once again, going back to anime, it reminded me of animes like that, or even in some cases, like, kind of like Blade Runner, mm-hmm. where they got, like, a certain design, it worked. No need to advance it. You know, let's focus on other kind of stuff. Kinda. Mm. Not cars. Yeah, but like, okay, like for example, like there's there's that village where like all the all the like robot like the rebellion like stays at. It's very like crude and kind of like put together by like sticks and tape and rope and stuff like that. Um, and it shows like the vast difference between like that society and like the mega si- mega city society and stuff like that like a difference in like class and shit like that you can do that without looking like you have a van from the 80s no you gotta, you gotta I add. feel like you could have <laughs> no like no a windows. <laughs> you could have a truck that looks like it was futuristic at some point uh-huh. but it's beat up okay I can see that you know what I mean like I get what you're saying that's, a, that's the thing it, like, it wasn't much of a problem for me I don't know I guess kind of put. It, I put, it's not but it's it's also kind of like if you add it up, I'm kind of like, okay. Uh-huh. Like, so the other thing that I noticed was when they had the lab. Okay. The lab looked like it was in a temple. Like. Oh, that was a bit like, what? <laughs> it, no, it was also kind of too too much on the head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was too much on the head. Um. All right, so what did you think of... You, you, you kind of like lightly touched on the writing earlier. What did you, what did you think of that? They could have been a, done a better job in the pacing as mm-hmm. far as uh, John David Washington's character, Joshua, finding his wife or not finding his wife or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, it just seemed like he was searching for her forever. Yeah. Then the pacing, when he meets the child and how long it takes him to either accept or try and get rid of the kid or whatever he's going to do is just like he's just not moving forward in the story as far as the kid goes yeah and that's the thing that bothered me he was like too much like where's my wife where's i need to find maya like over and over again even like a certain like i mean they do it from like the jump like they convince him hey you're going on this mission because so and so is there Mm -hmm. and he's like okay and then there's even a scene where he like encounters somebody and he thinks it's her, and it's like 
that's that person in no way looks like her mm-hmm. um which i thought was really annoying um but yeah some of the right it, it, i remember it takes like this weird it takes this weird not i don't say detour it's kind of a detour but not kind of a detour it's that part where he has to go he has to go back where the the first bombing happened to like kind of like retrace the steps back of like where his wife was and everything mm-hmm. so like that part it kind of took like this weird like hard left like let's examine that and then we're back you know yeah like you didn't have to go all the way there yeah and then you didn't have to take so long with the whole where's my wife and then the whole kid thing and then after mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it was just like suddenly his his mindset changed yeah so it was just kind of weird. It was wonky writing. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and it's, <laughs> it seemed like everything was like an obstacle for John David Washington's character to like find his wife. Have these two done anything before Gareth Edwards or Chris White's? Um, I don't think so. And it shows. Oh, the, the you mean the collaboration? It seems like they're like two fresh writers in college trying to like make it work let me and nobody <clears throat> is there to tell them like your idea is not that great or that original uh okay oh you know what all right this maze makes complete sense all right let me just let me just make sure i i know what i'm what, what i'm about to say all right okay so okay so chris white's all right the dude so the dude's legit. He's a legit writer. Okay. Um, I mean, he wrote Another Professor to the Clumps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, okay. So he did About a Boy, which is actually pretty good. Okay. So this is where I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing the correlation. And, like, because. So the writing didn't translate well into the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of, like, scene direction and then, like, pacing and such, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, he wrote Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Okay, Gareth Edward, um, Edwards directed that film. Now, there is long rumored that at that time, he didn't know what the fuck, Gareth Edwards was, didn't know what the fuck he was doing on Rogue, on Rogue One. And that they had to get, I think, Tony Gilroy to, like, rewrite the script and like work them and like essentially like direct the, yeah Tony Gilroy Tony Gilroy jumped on as a like a writer um supposedly he like not rewrote the entire script but like had to like really fix it he was like a script doctor yeah he was essentially like a script doctor on it like okay the way how it is is um in terms of like WGA and getting your name on the script as a writer you have to have had have written I think at least 40% of the script it might be higher, maybe like 50-50 or like 50% or something like that. Like there's a certain percentage you have to be that's high to get your name on the script. Tony Gilroy was called in to say, hey, we need you to f- rewrite this script. So mm-hmm. the fact he's on on it as like a, as a, one of the writers means he had to rework a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <clears throat> and then there's a lot of like inconsistencies with Rogue One if you can see to the trailer through the movie or some some of the issues with it. Um, it seems like maybe the translation, the collaboration between Edwards and White didn't hit the mark 
Mm-hmm. But Tony Gilroy was there to fix it. Yeah. So it's kind of like a repeat kind of thing with the creator between the two. Yeah. Like, like there's like a lot, something like Lost in Translation between like pacing and scene direction and acting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, like I said, this is all completely a theory. Yeah. Um, so other than that, I think it's a pretty, I guess, solid um, kind of like post-apocalyptic in a way. Mm-hmm. AI story. Yeah. Um, it's solid. I don't think it's that special. Mm. It's a very general idea that other people have. Mm. Um, that's it. <laughs> okay. Like, it's, yeah. it's an okay movie. It's an okay movie. That's what I'm saying. It's a solid uh, AI movie. I'll give it a B. Uh, I gave it a C. C? Yeah, I gave it a C. Well, like, well, like you said, like it's visually interesting. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean that when I wrote my review on for Screen Geek, I gave it like a C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, uh, I think people will probably like it. I just, sometimes I feel like I could say that people will like it, so mm-hmm. they should watch it, mm-hmm. even if I don't. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's where I'm at with this one. All right. Um, so you want to get into the spoiler section? I imagine it's going to be pretty short. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna get into the spoiler section. Um, we're gonna talk at great lengths uh, about Gar- Gareth Edwards, uh, the creator. So if you don't want to be spoiled, here's a spoiler bumper right about now. So that ending, mm-hmm. predicted it. I think maybe like thirty to forty minutes out, I was like, "It's gonna end exactly like this," and I was like, eighty percent sure about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I'm not real good at predicting endings. Mm-hmm. I guess because I don't really try that hard. Yeah, I just want to like be along for the ride. Yeah. Um. I think I think with me it just kind of it kind of just happens because I've seen so many movies mm-hmm. and kind of I like tend to visualize the script and everything and can see like oh here's plot A plot plot B plot C here's the midpoint here's the third act and I'm just like okay I know where it's gonna go <laughs> I, I can I can reconfigure all that stuff in my head mm. I honestly thought they were gonna have the kid die and honestly I think they should have oh really seriously he went up there to kill the thing and they're uh, like it's the kid's not gonna be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really handle it that well. Well, you you couldn't in a movie like this. I in a movie like this, you can't really kill a kid. Why not? Because that just makes the movie like unforgivable. I think it's perfectly fine because uh-huh. they said multiple times throughout the film mm. that he's that she's not ready yet. Mm. Um, so she has. And to the be ready. only way for her to actually bring the ship down is to go up there, and it's a suicide mission. Mm. So for me, it would be almost like an honor for for her. Mm. Yeah, kind of sad, but she did what she went up there to do. So she's a hero. That's the thing. I couldn't. I couldn't see that happen because the, she had like she didn't really have a her arc wasn't complete. Like she's destined to. Because remember, 
Um, they didn't. They didn't want to use her to like win the war. They wanted to like stop it. They like the robots. They were like, "Can we use like stop killing us and shit?" You know, because mm-hmm. they want to live in peace. So I think killing her, making that sacrifice. Like let's say if they killed her and then didn't kill John David Washington, it'd have been like, "What the fuck is all this?" You know. I thought they both were gonna die. See, that's the thing. I would. I like. I, said, I saw the. I saw his death coming, but I didn't have a problem with it. Because he got what he want, and I got what I want was to him to stop saying Maya every fucking five minutes. <laughs> um, was but, it Maya or Mia? No, it was Maya. Uh, no, it was Maya. Trust me, it was Maya. <laughs> um, but no, like I like I thought his arc was like all right because he he essentially had nothing else to live for. His like wife was dead, mm-hmm. which um, they never really explained some of the tech in the movie, mm-hmm. like. Like, they, they do just enough so you can be like, okay, I, just, I know how this functions. Okay, like, f- for example, the the device that they use, uh, okay, like the grenade. We know what the grenade does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or the machine that was keeping Maya alive. We understood that. Or even or even how, uh, how Alfie was created. We even got an idea of, oh, she, you know, she used the DNA of her dead child to, mm-hmm. like, create this thing right mm-hmm. which is kind of like okay self-explanatory there's the uh what's it called uh you know when you're pregnant and the the sack what's it called amniotic sack yeah yeah so we they show that all right we got that right mm-hmm. one of the things that really confused the living fuck out of me was the device that they use to essentially um take somebody's like mind or like soul in a way Mm -hmm. and then put it in like a robot so that person depending on how long that person's been dead they can like interact with that person through a robot's body Mm -hmm. do you get do you get what i'm getting at that you're saying you don't understand how they got there well yeah one is i don't they don't really explain like well how does this work exactly and another thing they don't explain is so one of the one of the one of the soldiers had died uh-huh. they've been dead for a while so the uh, what's her name um colonel, alice and jenny yeah C- colonel howell mm-hmm. was like oh he's been dead for a while oh grab that body you know connected to this robot and everything and he only had like 30 uh, seconds 30 seconds right okay 30 seconds okay but maya died okay and alfie found a robot that looked just like her Mm-hmm. Okay, so he put the chip in, but didn't work immediately, and then it did work, and it's kind of like, all right, how long is that thing going to be alive? So I think there's a difference. Okay. This is me speculating. Mm. I don't think they had to really explain how the thing worked, mm. because I think most people, and they could have explained it a little bit better, mm-hmm. like a tiny bit more, just gone a little extra step. Yeah. I think it's because our minds are mostly electricity. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to, like, get whatever information was in there. Okay. The fact that they were able to get 30 seconds, we'll chalk it up to luck. Okay. Um, Maya mm-hmm. wasn't dead. I thought they unplugged... She was like eventually she did die. Like she something. did, but they got the information first. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you're right. Okay. So she wasn't like technically dead. 
But she was in a vegetative state, so that's kind of like a gray area. Yeah, because your your brain is not. It's not working. It's anymore. not really. Yeah, it's not working, right? And that's another thing. Okay, so Maya's been in that chip. Mm-hmm. How like how long is she supposed to last in the chip? Like, is there like a certain time frame? Well, I kind of think because like within the context of the movie, she was, I guess, technically alive. Mm-hmm. So they were able to get more of her onto that chip. Okay. That you, she could have been in there like infinitely. Or you you would think that she uh like the longer she's been alive and like <laughs> the longer she's been al- not yeah, not the longer she's been alive. Okay, the least amount of time she's been dead. No, I'm sorry, I say the back, say the back. The longer you put the chip in, it's like a like a bigger file, like two hundred gig file. Or <laughs> I mean something. that's why she had a hard time waking up. Exactly. Um, so I had this. I want to. I want to. I want to see if you saw like an underlining message with this movie. Um, I feel like it's a Jesus story. A Jesus story. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. Like it's a religious story, really. Mm-hmm. You have like basically two factions of people mm-hmm. fighting for the right to live. Mm. And you have basically the god that no one knows who it is or how to find it, but they kind of know. But mm. And then God is dead, but it's okay because here's Jesus rising, yeah. and it's the daughter. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. It's kind of like a... And it's kind of like a holy... Like, the AI side is mm. just peaceful people mm-hmm. trying to live their lives they're they're not violent they're the christians yeah they, they're staying in, in temples and stuff like that mm-hmm. there's like monk like ai robots and stuff like that yeah okay um so that's kind of what i think about it i see more of it's funny like the trailer the trailer says sells this movie like the AI are t- the AI attacked us first. They're they're trying to destroy us, right? Mm-hmm. It actually kind of remind me of of the uh, Animatrix, the first uh, the second revolution. Uh, I'm sorry, the second civil war. That's the one where they they go over. Um, if you remember, that's the one where they go over like the history of the Earth and how people had created AI. AI wanted to live in, live in peace, and so human society was like no, and there was like this big epic war. You know, I don't know if you remember that. What is the Animatrix? The Animatrix was <laughs> when we when was that on HBO that you showed me one time. Yeah, it's it's the Matrix stories, but it was through anime. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, all right, so I, the, I remember that because I was like, "Oh, that's fucking badass." Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So it reminded. So this reminded me the this particular movie creator reminded me of that whole uh, segment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it like I said it had more of a sympathy angle at it. Like, for example, like, the fact that the machines weren't the one who dropped the bomb. It was human error. Mm-hmm. Like, someone else that did it, right? So there's that reveal. Which you would think that'd be, like, a whole shit moment. But it wasn't. It was, like, kind of like as a whatever. Like, here's what happened, you know. But let's get back to, like, this war, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this thing kind of has, like, this whole... To me, it has this whole sympathy thing of, of, of AI. Like, if it breathes life, therefore... If it, if it is alive, therefore, it has... It has a soul. Let's just say a soul for saying this, you know. Um, 
it should be treated like some something that is alive, like a dog or something like that. But as much as like a human, mm-hmm. like these are these are AI creations that want to live. Right. So I felt like it was trying to give more of a sympathy angle from like the AI, AI perspective. I think so too. Mm. Um, what do you think about the AI? Like, I kind of feel like they're like, yeah, we're peaceful, but the humans are like, no, you're not. But even if you were, you're only peaceful for now. Yeah, exactly. That's. And that's the thing. It's, I feel like that's that's human nature. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's fucked up to say, but that's just how we are. Like, yeah. it, like we don't understand it, therefore we're scared of it, therefore we must kill it. Yeah, like spiders. Oh fuck spiders! <laughs> Ugh, and hot dogs. <sighs> we know what a hot dog is. You keep telling me what a hot dog is, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I keep agreeing with you. Liar. <laughs> um, just got give you guys a heads up, uh, or more of a story to that. Kelsey and I, we got into a debate about what was a hot dog. Honestly, literally, it was kind of heated, and we stopped talking for part of the car ride. Because <laughs> I had one, and I was like, I don't need to push you it. You won. Fr- yeah, I don't need to push it any further. No. <laughs> Daggers from Kelsey. Daggers. I'm not gonna say I won either, but you definitely didn't win. I looked at Google. Google's my it backed me up. I rest my case. <laughs> would, it, would it be better if I told you it was Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Google. It was Google. That's I know that's not any better word. <laughs> um okay, so uh alright, final thoughts on the creator. I'm on the fence about saying go see it in theater or not mm-hmm. because I kind of feel like it's a movie that should be seen in theater if you're going to watch it but also I really mm-hmm. don't think it's worth spending the money okay and honestly so I kind of think you should just wait till it comes out um, okay so I'll say that it's worth checking out in the theater the thing is is that it pretends it some, some of the story wants to pretend it's smarter than it actually is you know, I mean, I know we just had this whole discussion about like AI and everything like that, and that's I think that's a topic that's still still hot like right now. It's very relatable to today. Um, but if you want to get something really deep without, if you want to get something really deep and then try to make it deep, you can do it. But I think it's worth checking out, especially because the way how it looks. Um, that's about it. Some action is pretty good too. So you think the C movie is worth? It's worth seeing. It's worth seeing in theater. It's right. in the name. It's a scene movie, so yeah. it's worth seeing it in yeah, theater. Yeah, exactly. It's worth seeing it in theater just to kind of like I. I was impressed by it when I saw it. I was like, "Holy shit! Like this looks amazing." I was, but it wasn't as impressive as. As the Flash. <laughs> Blade Runner. Now that, that's impressive. But that's a hell. Well, not even Dune. You're, oh, first of all, you just named Dennis Villeneuve's two movies. <laughs> That's okay. why I did and it. You can't really compare him. You can't really compare Garth uh, Gareth Edwards to that dude. I'm not talking about him. I'm just saying if you're gonna make something impressive, make it impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just feel like people have done it better. Okay. That's all. Gotcha. Kelsey hates this movie. Period. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. Um, that's it for that. Mm-hmm. What do we got next? Next, we're going to do our variety time. 
So we have been going to Beyond Fest, like it is our tradition to do. Um, and you know, the discusses Beyond Fest. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> It's supposed to be duo. The duo. I know what you meant. Shut up. <laughs> the discuss is beyond fest. Yeah. Um. All right. So I, I'm going to go first because I went to the Beyond Fest by myself. First. Uh, without me. I mean, whatever. <clears throat> uh, oh, yeah. So I went on opening night um, to check out the creator. Um, if you want to hear my thoughts on it, you know. Go back to the review section, spoiler section, whatever. Uh, also, your review's up on Screen Geek. Yeah, it's, it's on Screen Geek, Screen Geek as well. Uh, so, I kind of just want to talk about the environment. It's kind of vibing with everything. Um, what are those guys' names? Edwin and Christian? I don't know. I think... I know one of them's called Christian. Yeah, I don't know about the other one. Uh, so, they came on this... It's like three guys that come on the stage to, like, walk to, like... I can say, like, MC the movie. Uh, or they introduced the movie. Um, they came out in like astronaut outfits, mm. but like party city astronaut <laughs> outfits. <laughs> one of them had like the one that was blown up, and he he had the mic and he was like talking to the mic, but no one could hear him because the entire thing was like closed on him. <laughs> um, and then uh, they grabbed, they blew up a bunch of beach balls and like was throwing it around and stuff like that. So for I mean just I mean this is what one of the things I love about Beyond Fest is it's a very interactive kind of thing like they really get the crowd like involved with the whole show and what they did was like oh anybody want these free shirts blah 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 you know they said all right come on down and you guys have to do the robot so it's like rows of people just like doing the robot <laughs> all bad yeah <laughs> yeah um. But yeah, it was it was a good night for opening night. Um, just vibing with everybody, uh, watching the creator. Everybody in the theater was like really digging it. I w- I'm sure there were a few others that were like, I'm sorry. I'm sure there were people in there who was like, meh on it or kind of my state of mind on it. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was good shit. It sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, you should totally go. You know, I should have. Uh, mm-hmm. And you should have got me a free ticket too. I tried. No lie, I tried. Oh, didn't try hard enough. I can only ask them like so many times, and it was like six excuses. I wasn't even supposed to go. They told me they couldn't give me tickets, and then like two hours later, oh yeah, we got a ticket for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they probably could have given you two. Look, I tried asking ask for tickets on a one particular night, and we'll get into that a little bit. Excuses. Well, Kelsey, what you talk about? You talk about your night going to Beyond Fest without me. <laughs> the fuck out of here! What did we? What did we see when we both went? We saw Crash mm-hmm. from David Cronenberg. People crashed. <laughs> <laughs> so this was Kelsey's first time watching the movie. I had seen it a couple times uh, growing up, which I shouldn't have. Like, yeah. At all. <laughs> but you didn't see the NC-17 version. Exactly. I was like, holy shit, there's an NC-17 version? Did you, um, was it very different than what you remember? Um, I don't remember much. Like I said, I, I think I, fuck, I must have been like 
eight or nine, maybe like ten when I saw this movie. Um, it was like late at night on like HBO or some shit but I, I don't remember much about it I, I remember like certain scenes like the scene where uh, James Spader Holly Hunter and Joanne Arquette I think is her name um, they're sitting at the couch Joan I think it's Joan yeah Joan Joan Arquette yeah. mm-hmm. they're sitting on the couch all three of them and like they're getting like hot and horny and shit like that <laughs> I remember that and I was like what the fuck are they? I was like what are they doing <laughs> Yeah, Mark, what are they doing? <laughs> why, why are their hands on their crotches? <laughs> <laughs> Did they get stung by a bee? <laughs> saying, ow. I know. Those car crashes look bad. <laughs> uh, but no, I hadn't seen the NC-17 version before that night. Well, obviously. Yeah. But I, think, I was just wondering how different, but you said... Oh, yeah. How, like, I, I, remember, like, I remember that. I remember the car wash scene. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, and I do remember the part where one of the actors, one of the characters, uh, that Vaughn, uh, where Vaughn was like on his microphone talking about like James Dean's car and stuff like that. I remember that specifically, and I remember that because of the way how he talked. Okay. Like into the mic, like this is James Dean's car. <sighs> like. <laughs> uh, but yeah. You know, it's funny when you did that. It made me. What? You know, a flash in my head is sometimes I know my mind works similar to yours sometimes mm-hmm. because you did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I immediately thought about the hyenas um, in, in Lion King. Okay. Because one guy goes, Mufasa. And they go, Ooh, say it again, say it again. Mufasa. <laughs> and they get the chills again, like, Ooh, and so, they're laughing. So when you said it like that, it made me think of like, like someone be like, oh, say it again, say it again. That was a lot. <laughs> I was going to ask you a question, but never mind. Now. Uh, so you're not you're not unfamiliar with David Cronenberg's work. I've seen two. I know you've seen The Fly mm-hmm. and Rabbit. What's that one again? That's the one about the prostitute. Oh yeah. I, yeah we yeah we watched that. I remember we watched that like late at night one time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, did I watch the whole thing? Yeah. Because I, I think it was like a night I couldn't sleep or so or I was feeling depressed or some shit like that. Okay. But yeah, I remember we ended up watching it. Um, so what? Do you, so now this is your third Cronenberg film. What did you What did you think about it? I'm surprisingly I like it. Mm-hmm. The thing is, because you sold it in a different light. Yeah, I was like, because it was NC seventeen. I was like, there's gonna be dicks and titties and buttholes. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Like, really graphic kind of shit. I know. And I was like, oh, I'm going to hate this movie. Mm. And it's funny. I like the movie, but I'm still hearing you in my head. So I'm like, I probably should still hate this movie. Really? Yeah, because of how you sold it. Like, it got under my skin in a way. Uh, So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just fucking weirdo. Maybe I should just hate the movie. No, don't hate the movie. It's it's fucking high art. (laughs) It's a Cronenberg film. Come on. Mm. Uh... Yeah, I love it. I, fuck. Revisiting this movie, I was like, there's a reason why this movie was imprinted in my mind. <laughs> um, you know, they should play this um, this movie for um, sex ed classes. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so people can understand about sexual awakening. <laughs> Teacher, are you saying that the only way I get a boner is if I wreck my mom's car? <laughs> 
will it work if I use one of those play school cars? <laughs> you know, like the red one with the yellow top? Those people who are sitting next to each other, where are their hands? <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> does, it, does it count if I crash two Matchbox cars together? I know. <laughs> Just like crash like a G.I. Joe Jeep and a Barbie Jeep and just <laughs> <laughs> and then you get weird Barbie out of it you get oh <laughs> seriously <laughs> um yeah I thought like like I said revisiting this movie and it's and it's it's not like a it's not like a typical Cronenberg film like like I think one of Cronenberg's like most noticeable uh, piece of work is like The Fly Right, mm-hmm. and we when people think of like Cronenberg, they think of Fly or Existence, you know, that that kind of stuff, which is like body horror, mm-hmm. which is true. Like there's some some relation to like body horror in his films, but it's this like weird atmosphere where things are like sexualized where it shouldn't be sexualized. There's a level of like dread in some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you see another Cronenberg film. Wait, you gotta finish your. Uh- oh. Um, so what was that dread a little like a level of dread but not like too dreadful um, and like very like human mm-hmm. kind of thing you know even like The Fly which is you can consider a sci-fi it was a very human kind of movie mm-hmm. where um, Crash it, it can be something about it's like, like overly overtly sexual it's overtly sexual it's also like about addiction as well mm-hmm. you know trying to catch you know chasing that dragon trying to get that high again mm-hmm. um, so I I, rem- I just remember another Cronenberg film you watched and we did it for the podcast we did? yeah what's it? Uh, Videodrome oh yeah, yeah James Wood, Death to the Flesh love that love uh, that movie something tells me you're a Cronenberg fan yeah I know I'm a fucking sicko <laughs> His his son's not too shabby either. Oh, Brandon. Oh yeah, uh, Infinity Pool and, and Possessor. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you can see like, you can see where he gets his shit from. L- like, listen, whenever I get whenever I know someone who I think is an incredible artist and mm-hmm. creator mm-hmm. is getting old, mm-hmm. I start to get sad because I'm like, I know eventually you're gonna die, and all of the entertainment. Oh yeah, seriously. That you are creating is gonna stop. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be out there but you're never going to get anything new from that person once they pass yeah but every once in a while it's like you have a son or a daughter or a grandchild that is following in your footsteps and yeah. is so like-minded that it's like you never left yeah and and it's not just like they're so like-minded there's they still have their own style mm-hmm. you can see like oh we see the dna of this exactly yeah yeah like they're not the same person but the same entertainment value yeah um even though it is a little different but yeah well um infinity pool and what's the other one possessor possessor yeah well possessor wasn't really sexual was it uh, kind of oh no it was sexual there was like a lot of sexual uh innuendos in that mo- in that movie oh okay yeah, yeah. so kind of like his dad yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever even kind of get into like the body horror type body thing. horror and yeah that's what I'm saying. He's not exactly like his dad, but he is a lot like his dad. Uh, you want me to tell you a story about uh, Frank over a screen key? Yeah. So I saw I saw Infinity Pool, I think like maybe like a week or two before it came out. I, I got a, uh, I went to a press screening for it. And I remember watching it. I was like, oh, I fucking love this movie. It was so like weird and twisted and sexualized. I was like, I fucking love, love this movie, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
And so Frank had asked me, like, oh, how, how was it? And I, I, I sold it to him, like, oh, you got to watch this movie. It's weird. It's twisted. You'll, you'll definitely like it. He's like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. So it came out. So it finally was streaming. Mm-hmm. And he watched it. And he, he told me, he's like, don't ever recommend anything like that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> there are some movies. I mean, come on. This guy who runs an entertainment website tells uh, you not to recommend a movie I know. to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It, it's it's funny like there's been like there have been three occasions now where I've recommended films no okay alright I'll just say there's three occasions where I recommended films and either one he didn't like them two or two he didn't like them and they were just way too weird for him mm-hmm. uh, one was uh, he didn't really like No One Will Save You really he didn't really dig it I was just like oh dude it's like this is this he was like I was just me on it I was like alright so another one he's probably on his phone yeah, probably. Another one was Infinity Pool, which he was like, "Like, why'd you show me that?" And another well, one. Well, you're trying to tell him something. Hint, hint. Yeah, I know. And the, and another one was Yorgos Lanthimos's, uh the, the Killing of a Sacred Deer, uh-huh. which I believe I showed you that. You movie. did, and I liked it exactly. And he was like, "Why did you recommend that movie to me?" You should recommend The Lobster to him. I have. I've recommended it. And he's like, is it, is it like sa- The Killer of a Sacred Day? I was like, no, no, it's not. It's just, it's funny. It's like dark comedy. He's like, I don't know. I don't trust you. <laughs> you shouldn't bring that up again asking if he watched it. I know he hasn't watched it. Well, tell him. Remind you him. You to recommend it again? Yeah. I, oh, oh, I keep, I keep, oh, and I recommended uh, uh, The Favorite. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm not going to watch that. Because it's, it's Yorgos Lanthimos. He was like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. We went off. We went off. Um, oh, so Kelsey, I just... Um, so... Oh, the pocket? Hey, mama. Um, so, one, so back to the crash again. Oh, mama. <laughs> she's trying to tell you about crash. I know. She was, she's like, what's my opinion? Um, so... Can you say, since you've watched Crash, that you're just like, boom, Cronenberg fan now? Yeah. Like, just all the way. Yep. Okay, cool. I can't wait to share his other stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then uh, we, as recent as uh, yesterday, on Tuesday, we checked out uh, Foe. Um, let me find the director who directed Foe. I'm still trying to figure out why it's called Foe. Uh, Garth Davis. There you go. Garth Davis is Foe. Uh, Garth Davis has done work like oh that's why I wanted to see it he did this movie called Lying which is really good um, <sighs> without spoiling it like it or not like it um, I'm gonna say I'm in the like camp mm-hmm. but it's a pretty shaky like okay I'm more I didn't like it. No? Like, there was... Like, not at all? Or is it, like, you could see a little merit behind it, but pretty much no. I think the only thing I liked about the movie was, like, the psychology of, like, uh, of a, like, a psychology and deconstructing, like, a marriage. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was, which I'm always down for, like, films like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, like, some of the acting was, like, a bit over the top, and, it, like, it had this thing where it, it should have ended at certain points of the movie, and it just kept going. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, no, and he, like my mind was just like, oh, this would be a great place to end it. No, we got more. Like another five minutes. All right, this is like five minutes. All right, well, how about this? Five minutes again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, 
there's a twist at the end of the movie and I was that's when I was just like fuck off yeah like with that twist I guess kinda I, I like the whole psychology thing too mm-hmm. I like the cinematography work kind of a lot yeah I'll, I'll admit that yeah cinematography was good their acting wasn't bad I think the direction was bad mm, okay um because I think the director was probably like, more, I need more from you guys. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then yeah. they gave more, and it was too much. There was one part when, when um, Paul Mescal, um, where he's, like, a particular scene where he's kind of, like, losing it. Mm-hmm. It was, like, that I, I liked because he was going on this, like, roller coaster of, like, emotions. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, all right, that's working. Um, and the next scene, it just, like... Like he just like flatlined the entire time mm-hmm. after that, and that's why I was just like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Yeah, it was a bit confusing emotionally. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is that the movie was unintentionally funny. Um. But not as unintentionally funny as the audience would have you believe. Mm-hmm. There were parts where I was like, "Yeah, that's kind of funny." Mm-hmm. But then there was, like, one person who kept laughing mm-hmm. at things that no one else was laughing at. Yeah. And it took kind of took me out of the movie. I can see that. There's, like, um, <clears throat> there's one particular guy who kept clapping when you would see uh, Paul Like Mescal. a butt? Yeah, you see, like, his butt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, the first two times, that's funny. And then he kept doing it. And I was like, all right, dude, that's kind of not funny now. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's like a People's Republic kind of thing. Well, that's the thing, and that's that's one of the things I like about Beyond Fest is it's like I said, it's interactive. Like it's not that they want you to talk during it or MST3K that shit, but they want you to like clap at certain. They want you to have fun and clap when you want to clap, laugh when you want to laugh, and all this kind of stuff. Some of the movies that they pick particularly are like, okay, this movie's gonna get a reaction out of people. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's our next one? Oh, Cemetery Man. Mm-hmm. That one's going to get a lot of reactions out of people. I can't wait to watch that one. And 4K, too. Mm. 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 <laughs> um, Come on, one more. Mm. <laughs> that one there. And, um, oh, I didn't, I didn't tell you somebody told, somebody told me something while we were watching the movie. While we were watching Foe? Yeah. Um, cause I, I had a, cause I, I brought my notebook cause I have to write a review for it. And what happened was, um, there's this thing I do where I turn my watch around, uh, fate, like where's that? My wrist, my, the back of my wrist was face downward. And I use the light to see like exactly where I'm writing it. So I'm not like scribbling over the stuff I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, I can just kind of do this. I can kind of just flip my wrist and then it, I, I know where exactly where I'm at. But for some reason, this particular time, I couldn't figure out where the fuck I was writing. So I kept, like, doing it over mm. and over. And then I hear someone say, turn off your, turn off your watch. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is I played it off like I didn't hear him because it was the last time I, I, I needed to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So I acted like I didn't hear him, right? Mm-hmm. But in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I hope my watch doesn't turn on. <laughs> I don't want him to see it. I don't, want to, I don't want to tell me anything. <laughs> also, I don't want to get kicked out like the lead, like the singer of the Misfits. Oh yeah, Glenn Danzig. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish I was at at that show just to be like, I saw Glenn Danzig getting kicked out of a out of a theater. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, what else? Yeah. So 
Kelsey and I, we have. Oh, one night I was supposed to go. I was supposed to see. The, I was supposed to see the West Coast premiere of Toxic Avenger, but I was dying. Another thing that you couldn't get me a ticket to. That one I actually did try. Like, I no, what I tried. Excuses. I tried to get a second ticket, and I tried a. I tried a second time to find if there's a screening, a press screening later. Mm-hmm. But they said like, oh, we'll let you know. Yeah. So there's it, only do or do not. There's no. I try. know, right? As Yoda said, but he's a no. Boy. As you say all the time. Yeah, that's from Yoda. Yeah, but you overused it, so now it's yours. Yes. <laughs> Tell Yoda, fuck off. It's yeah. mine now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got that. Uh, we got Cemetery Man. That's on uh, Thursday. So the. So the, we got what? We got Cemetery Man. Yeah, Cemetery Man. Not that you said almost. Oh, like okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I meant. To correct myself, not Toxic Avenger. That's what I was referring to. Um, so we got Cemetery Men 4K. Mm-hmm. That's tomorrow night, Thursday at 10 p.m. So that's gonna be the that's gonna be the rowdy crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that, and then we have one more for the church, which is like an Italian horror film. I think it's like what's his name? I think it's like Fulucci. I think it's one of his films. Okay. And we got that. Um. We couldn't get into Anatomy of a Fall, could we? No, the ticket sold out uh, pretty quick on that one. Did you hear if it was good or not? Uh, I don't know. I keep getting press uh, press screening invites though. Hmm. But like they're they're on days I can't go. Gotcha. What do you mean they're on days you can't go? Like they're on like Friday. I can't go. I can't go this Friday. Oh, okay. Um. Oh no! Wait, no. They have a they have one on Monday, I think. Hmm. But I don't know. That'd be kind of pushing it if we go on Monday. Yeah. Well, I can't go Monday. Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, Cemetery Man is on Thursday. Tuesday we got the church, and one more I'm trying to get. It's a Nicholas. It's his latest movie that's coming out. Um. Let me pull it up. He's got a movie coming out that's supposedly crazy. You know, there's still a few movies that he put out on netflix over, over the pandemic that i still haven't seen who nicholas cage mm-hmm. what the fuck is it i can't find it oh dream scenario mm-hmm. that's on closing night mm. i'm trying to get a ticket for that i'm trying to get tickets mm-hmm. for that one you know that's a freudian slip is it Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I want to go by myself. Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I'm tired of you riding on my coattails. Okay, I don't have to go ever to anywhere. No, you do. Why? Because it's fun. <laughs> we gotta go to Beyond Fizz next year, <laughs> and the year after, and the year after, till we die, and the year after, and the year after. Mm-hmm. going to do our geriatric cinematic of Mamoru Ochii's Ghost in the Shell. Are we talking about the puppet master? The infamous mystery hacker? We don't know a lot either. No clue about age, sex, or background. All we know for certain is this person is on the international most wanted list for crimes including stock manipulation, illegal information gathering, political engineering, several acts of terrorism, The nickname Puppet Master comes from the ghost hacking. 
My code name is Project 2501. I am a living, thinking entity who was created in the sea of information. This film came out in 1995, and the synopsis is a cyborg policewoman and her partner hunt a mysterious and powerful hacker called the Puppet Master. Directed by Mamoru Oshii, written by Kazunori Ito, and it's based on the manga by Shiro Masumune. Stars Mimi Woods, Richard Epcar, William Frederick Knight, and Tom Weiner. <clears throat> yeah, we, um, excuse me. Um, Kelsey named off those particular cast members because we had watched the um, English dub version of the movie. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so, Ghost in the Shell, uh, this is one of the animes I grew up watching. Uh, it's one of those animes that expanded my mind on philosophy and AI and how the world functions and reality and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, very influential uh, in the film industry. Uh, one of the one of the one of the movies that heavily influenced by this movie was uh, Ghost in the Shell. Oh, I'm sorry, Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, The Matrix. <laughs> the Wachowski said it was The Matrix. <laughs> Look, we're getting uh, tired, okay? I know. I when I saw this movie, as I was way too young to watch this movie. Hmm. But when I'm, I, I'm seeing a theme here. Oh, when I watched the <laughs> that I shouldn't be watching at yes. an early age. Yeah, every yeah. which is everything. Yeah, uh, but I remember watching this, and I was like, "What is all of this?" Wasn't like, there a movie that your mom took you to that you're like, "I'm surprised she took me to see that in the theater." I don't remember. I, I do Terminator Two, Double Impact. I, I don't know. I can't. It probably was Terminator Two. Oh yeah, that traumatized me. That's another AI movie. <laughs> uh, but like, like I, I love this movie. I have like a VHS copy of it. I have a DVD copy of it. I, I have a DVD copy. I don't have a Blu-ray of it yet. Um, Just gonna collect them all. You know what? You know, I'm digital. Going to, because like the quality, the quality gets better with every every upgrade. It gets better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually this was on the Criterion Channel for a bit, and I actually regret not watching it on there to see how the quality is. But mm. you know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but as per usual, no one gives a shit about what I think. The most boring thing is, what did Kelsey think about this movie? I like this movie. Okay, go on. Um, first, I want to know: Are you dub or sub on this movie? I grew up with the dub version, so I'm, I'm dub on this one. Okay. Um, and I think it works well. Usually you can tell. Mm-hmm. This time it's like, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, first of all, mm-hmm. she's hot. Oh, uh, Major uh, uh, Makoto? Oh, uh, Kusanaga? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Kusanagi? Yeah, sorry, Kusanagi, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like how they made the lead character the cyborg mm-hmm. a female yeah they also made her not weak yeah she, but not she's like, totally badass yeah like, but also jump. like not masculine either yeah. like she's a woman that can just handle her shit she's not like mm. a buff ass like man woman yeah i think honestly i think you would probably dig the the anime series um <clears throat> standalone complex and second gig uh, the style is different, though. It's not as it's not a, as high of a quality um, as as the anime the movie is. 
So I have a hard time with this anime style. Okay, go on. Um, I like the storytelling of certain animes mm-hmm. because of the colors and like the lines and and um, like like um, I know that one movie and I can't remember it's the Gogo Thirteen. Mm-hmm. I love the anime style in that one, mm-hmm. and I honestly kind of think I'm going to compare a lot of things to that one. To that style. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, and it's so like this like, one has like an older animation style, and I feel like everything is has like boring colors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a, enough shading or. Okay. You know what I mean? It just seems. I like, get what you're saying because I'm thinking because I'm thinking of <clears throat> I'm thinking of the animes like in the '90s in mm-hmm. the early '90s like this fits in that bill. Yeah. Um, that you can tell you can tell the stark difference in the late '80s style of anime. Um, but I also yeah. kind of feel like that's how the 90s were in yeah. general. Yeah, I can like, see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, because like, 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 let's say, for example, you, this one, Ghost in the Shell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can think of like Berserk. Mm-hmm. They have the same kind of style with like the shading and the kind of like almost like mute colors and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even like kind of kind of Akira, but Ki- Akira's like, I guess you can kind of fit Akira in that category because it's like 89, I think. It also has a similar anim- animation style, but mm-hmm. it does even though it has like kind of boring colors it does have a lot of red sorry 88 that's akira like a lot of red and like for a ghost in the shell or akira akira oh okay um so i guess it's because that bike like sticks out and stuff yeah um yeah i'm just thinking about now see now you mentioned that i have like all this anime playing in my head i'm like yeah their color their colors are kind of the same like the yeah. same kind of like style. Yeah, I mean, there's like small different variations of it, um, but there still is like some similarities. Like, like I had mentioned to you uh, uh, Monday, like uh, Demon City Shizuko or like Wicked City. Mm-hmm. Like if you, uh, or if I showed you like Neo Tokyo and Wicked City, you would be like, oh, they're in the same world, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Or, or at least Wicked City and Demon City Shizuko. I think eventually. I'm not an expert at all, but from what I have noticed from some of the things I've seen, mm-hmm. like in advertising or whatever, it seems like we kind of went back to that same style, but just with more color. The same, like the same type of animation, like drawing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, you know, just a little bit cleaner and more color. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, got, that's, I think that's why I kind of gravitate towards this, because this is like... It's futuristic, but it's like dirty. You mm. know, it's like like you can tell you can tell Ghost in the Shell was like influenced by like Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. You know, even though Blade Runner is like kind of influenced by Hodorowsky's Dune, um, but you can kind of see the similarities between the two. It's like dirty, it's grimy, it's like raining. Everything's not perfect or shiny clean or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I guess that's fine, but I need to be like visually stimulated too. Mm. Like it's like kind of boring visually to me. Oh, for Ghost in the Shell? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well... <clears throat> but the story is really cool. And that's what I was going to touch on. Like, the story, what did you think about it? it? I mean, you know what? Honestly, it's like kind of like a thin story, but they do a you lot with it. Thin? I do, because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're going after, like, the mulligan, which is the guy. That's true, yeah. Like, that's very true. And they're just going after it the whole time. Yeah, they're after one particular person, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sir. So, go on. Um... So that's why I feel like it's kind of thin, but I think it more based on her relationship with the people around her. 
Oh, like Bateau and like the chief? Mm-hmm. Because she's AI, like a cyborg, and mm-hmm. um, not everyone around her is. So, like, um, it's kind of like an interesting thing where it's like it almost doesn't even come up really, except for like her human counterpart is actually worried about her. Yeah. Um, she's cyborg, meaning that she's. She's part human, part. Part human, part, part yeah. Yeah, I mean, her body was, like, for people who haven't seen Ghost in the Shell, her body was created in a factory, like, but it's, like, a special, like, type she is, um, but she has, like, human, um, uh, I forgot what, the, what was the word that they use, but essentially she has, like, human brain cells. Oh, okay. Like her, yeah. But she's still not human, then. No, she's still human, but not in a conventional way. Like, she still has a, she still has a, a mind. Like a uh, like a human mind, a human mind, not all human mind, like a like a small portion of it, mm-hmm. and that's why she gets into the question of like, do I have like my goats or another word for like soul, mm-hmm. you know? And that whole like debate is like, if there's a small part of me that's human, like my brain, does that make me fully human? Mm-hmm. Well, it makes me fully human. The the whole debate of like, I take in information, data, and stuff like that, and I, it shapes me as a person how I think how I view the world what's that different from like a machine Mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff I think she even questions like the people the person that she's after Mm -hmm. like how how that person's mind has developed versus her own yeah like what's what makes this one so special Mm -hmm. yeah um so I I like that whole aspect of it Mm -hmm. um in like some of the character designs like hers yeah um i actually kind of like bato's design too mm. i thought his like his eyes and everything i actually like how that looks they were red right no no he no he his eyes they, they almost look like bottle caps oh yeah yeah yeah. i thought they were red though no they weren't red no well i remember they were like bottle caps but i was yeah, not impressed I, by that <laughs> I, I just thought it looked cool and and the funny thing is <clears throat> So this movie was remade. This movie was adapted to a live action film starring Scarlett Johansson. I didn't watch it because I was like, I'm not watching that movie. It's no way compared to the anime, right? Mm-hmm. You're boycotting. Well, for a reason, a good reason. It was for a good reason, but my I, I started slowly changing it. Like as soon as we as soon as we watched Ghost in the Shell, or not as soon like the next day, I was like, well, let me let me see if I can find where the Scarlett Johansson movie's at. Like let's see if I can stream it somewhere, right? So I go on YouTube just to see some clips and kind of be like, well, maybe it's not as bad or something. And they, uh, there's a scene where they show the, the guy who plays Bato, like a live action version of him. Oh boy, it looks horrible. Mm-hmm. Especially because he has like the bottle cap gla- uh, eyes. Mm-hmm. It, look, <laughs> it looks like the caps are facing different directions, are looking at different directions. <laughs> it looks really bad. That's funny. Mm. <laughs> um yeah i i like this movie i'm not like in love with it in love with it the way oh that you i am are. yeah mm. so did you but i would recommend people watch it oh yeah really mm-hmm. well um i i want to get your take on because we touched a little bit of, we touched some of this on our review for the creator but what did you think of like the philosophical discussions or the online message in um, in Ghost in the Shell? Well, this one's interesting to me because um, the other one was pretty like annoying and overt and like beating mm. you over the head. Yeah. And everyone kept repeating 
what they thought about. They're not real. They're not real. This yeah. one, it's like, it just almost seems conversational. Mm-hmm. Where it's like no one's attacking or judging anybody. Yeah. They're just like allowed the space to like feel or question or, th- you know, think about things. Mm-hmm. And, um,. So I think this film does it in a really, uh, like, optimistic way. Oh, okay. Even though it's, like, a dark and grimy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she and the people around her are actually pretty optimistic. Mm-hmm. And because um, if they weren't, they would be like, well, fuck you. You're not real. Blah, blah, blah. Even, even the, um, <clears throat> I would argue, even the ending is kind of optimistic. How? Well, because... Um, I mean, there's that whole discussion between between Ooh, uh, the the major and the puppet master about like merging consciousness and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And like the major says, like, where am I gonna fit in this? My personality, like, where does my personality go? And the puppet master's like, it doesn't go anywhere. It's just we, we just become one, mm-hmm. right? And then. Uh, you know that certain things happen where the puppet master gets killed, the major's head gets like blown off, um, and like Bateau puts her head on a on a on a body, like on a different body, mm-hmm. um, and he's like, like like he like tries to talk to her like if she's still the major, and she's like, like that's not me anymore. Like I've become something, something greater, something different. And then she, like, walks out, and then she sees the entire city. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the information is vast and infinite, and I'm going to explore that. And she, like, it almost looks like, in a way, it almost looks like a computer chip. Because all the lights and, like, connections and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's this kind of way of, like, I've just created new life, so mm-hmm. therefore I'm going to go exploring. Gotcha. I mean, that's, like I said, that's how I interpret it. Makes me think of um, that one movie that you laugh every time I tell you I watched it. Which movie? Was it The Lawnmower Man? <laughs> <laughs> Just some of the things I don't know how you get your hands on, but apparently you get on them. <laughs> and you know what's funny? I've seen that movie like a dozen times. Really? It would, it would be on HBO a lot. What's funny is we probably could have chose that one to be like in this second. For this one? Mm-hmm. No. Why? <laughs> It kind of has the same themes. How, go on. Ex- explain Explain yourself, human. <laughs> do you want me to? Cause no, I'm really curious. I'm really curious to see okay. the, the, the comparison. It has to do with AI, whether you're, you know, like even even uh, Ghost in the Shell is not apples for apples uh-huh. to the creator, uh-huh. right? Because it's a cyborg. It's not uh-huh. like a... Like an actual AI. Uh-huh. So with Lawnmower Man, <laughs> it's this guy who's very, very severely stunted. Uh-huh. In you know, and so, they so, they basically are they have like a mind to mold uh-huh. with artificial intelligence, uh-huh. and he gets so smart that he becomes like like a super genius. Basically, the internet. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, so he's filled with like QAnon information and like cat videos. He's like, I am Google. <laughs> Do you want to know what a hot dog is? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. So um, that's that's why I feel like this movie, that movie probably could have been like a, at least a contender. I'm surprised like, that for you. For Man? Yeah. You never, I feel like you will never pair that up with anything the way you did not want to pair uh, Mannequin up with anything. How can you, how can you pair Mannequin? You can't. You you just can't. <laughs> you just can't. You can. Okay, first of all. <laughs> I mean, also, like, no one's asking about if Lawnmower Man's good. <laughs> Jesus. Here we go. This again. <laughs> You're probably like, also, probably not a lot of people have seen Lawnmower Man. <laughs> I mean, that? I mean, enough people have seen Lawnmower Man for them to make a sequel. Who was in it? Uh, I feel like the guy is probably familiar. In my mind, I want to imagine um, the one of the characters from one of the Alien movies. I remember Lawnmower. Not Covenant. I remember Lawnmower Man too. Beyond Cyberspace. It it's atrocious. Can you help me? Uh, okay, I'm sorry. The actor from one of the Alien movies, the one that had Charlie Stern in it. Is it Elba? No, the white guy. Um. Oh, the dude from. Um, I know his name is not David Lynch, but uh, something Lynch. I want to say. I know who you're talking about. I seen they pull up his name right now. Uh, Logan Marshall Green. No. Okay. I'm probably not even thinking of the right movie. Michael Fassbender? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, why are you bringing up Michael Fassbender? Because in my mind, uh-huh. since I haven't seen this movie as a kid, in my mind, uh-huh. Lawnmower Man is Michael Fassbender. <laughs> How? Because <laughs> he's blonde. That's the only reason. You have, Can you remember exactly how people looked when you were a kid? Yeah. <laughs> I really have. I struggle with that. You know who I remember from being a kid? Hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I remember and the, and actual they, people. And they lack like facial facial features. Yeah, they all looked the same to me when yeah. I was a kid, but when now that we watched it recently, they all uh, look different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really can't remember what people look like. Maybe. I think of I think also cuz Michael Fassbender is blonde mm-hmm. and has kind of a cold personality in a lot of the things that he acts in. Uh-huh. Or at least in the thing that I saw him in, uh-huh. it reminds me of the coldness of Lawnmower Man. Okay, so you're comparing Michael Fassbender. Let me bring up the actor's uh, the actor's name. Uh, you're you're comparing Michael Fassbender to Jeff <laughs> to uh, Jeff Fay. What? What? <laughs> that's that's the actor's name, Jeff Fay. Jeff Fay. Yeah, F A H E Y. Fahey. Fahey. Sorry, Jeff. Fahey. Uh huh. Look up Jeff Fahey. J E F F. Uh, you find him? Yeah. He kind of looks like Cross Boom, Michael Fassbender, and uh, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Don't tell me you can't see it. <laughs> Fuck, I can't. 
I can. <laughs> now you want you, you got me want to watch this movie now. Or maybe like Michael Fassbender and Chris Pine. Oh my god! You can see that too, Kate. Now I feel like watching the lawnmower man. <laughs> yes, we should. Where's we need the to watch streaming? It. Oh my god, it's on Peacock. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should watch this and have a drink. Yeah. Okay. We gotta do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We we took a way long detour. Um, which that which we're gonna yeah we, we might as well just be ending it. Um, okay. So final say for Ghost in the Shell. Do you think this movie still holds up? Yes. Okay. I uh, totally agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm kind of biased, but I think I think the theology, the psycho- the theology um, works well now. Uh, it's my time to shine. I know. I was gonna give it to you. Well, the you're theology. saying the things that I'm gonna say. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. You go ahead. You go ahead. I just can't help but look at this trailer for the lawnmower man. Go on. <laughs> I think that even though I'm not in love with the um, the illustration. Mm-hmm. That should say a lot about me still liking the film. Mm-hmm. That you should watch it because, like you said, mm. the theology and all of the themes about what is human and like what's a soul and everything. Mm, yeah, that holds up, and I think that's a timeless thought. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's great. It's a great thing. I gotta get it. I gotta close this window. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept seeing Lawnmower Man at the corner of my eye. He was just playing the trailer. Um, yeah, like, you can... Honestly, you can really take this anime and put it, like, showing us uh, a philosophy class. Mm-hmm. And then just have a discussion, like, right after. And it's... I mean, and it doesn't hurt that there's there's cool, like, action scenes between, like, discussions stuff like that. And it, it justifies. Like, oh, we're going to talk about this. This is how it's connected to the story. Here's a little bit of action. All right, we're going back to what story is and how it's connected to, like... The theology of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, like I said, to me, it still works. Gotcha. All right. Anything else? No. What are you looking at? I'm gonna tell you after you say what we're doing next week. All right. So that's gonna be it for our show for this week. We want to thank everybody for joining us on this week's show. Uh, we especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. For all your film news, TV news, and reviews, check out yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, Check out therealappeal at gmail.com. Uh, drop us a line. Say hi. Don't say hi. Send us a blackmail email. That'd be great. We're gonna <laughs> send us a blackmail. Yeah, send us a blackmail. Send us a blackmail <laughs> email. <laughs> um, you can find a podcast wherever podcasts can be found. And when you're on those catchers, those podcast catchers, um, you know, give us a five star review. Uh, takes about a few seconds, you know, helps us get noticed, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so next week, we are going to be reviewing. Uh, oh, actually, before I say what we're reviewing, uh, let me go ahead and apologize for last week's episode on the late upload. Like I said, I got very sick. Like I got sick Friday, uh, Saturday, and into Sunday. So that was why the late upload. I'll make sure not to make that a habit. Um, <clears throat> so. Next week, we're going to be reviewing The Exorcist Believer, uh, which is out in theaters October 6th, uh, this Friday. And our Jared to Cinematic, we are going to be reviewing uh, William Freakin's uh, The Exorcist, 1973. Uh, 
That is currently streaming on HBO Max and is available to rent on Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube TV, and other VOD services. Uh, the Turpic. Mm-hmm. We're going to exercise the demons. Really? You had to do that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for um, what I was going to say? What are you going to say? Okay. Hear me out. Um, the lawnmower man looks uh, like uh, a cross between Jeff Daniels and John Hamm. <laughs>